afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome to inside the dome podcast i am your host hank bollinger alongside me is my good friends you got Cade bybee logan scott and garrett cannon fellas it is a tuesday afternoon and we just got through our first full weekend of baseball for finally live sports were back i know all of us were doing a little bit of betting here and there um it was awesome it was a good time i was so happy it was a great weekend. How how was your guys' weekend? And man, isn't it great to have baseball back? For just yeah, last in general. It was a it was a much needed weekend. I'm first week back here in good old Kansas. But yeah, long week, but like you said, getting to see some baseball starting Thursday. I mean, it was it was a godsend honestly get some to get some sports back in our life. Yeah, it was it was fun to be able to just kinda hang out, watch some watch some sports and kinda have a release from what's going on in the real world right now. So it was a good weekend. Yeah, and I'm just glad I get to make parlays and lose all of them by one game. So I'm uh, very Kate excited are, about that again. Cade and I are notorious for that. Guys, I think we got to fix Cade's grammar. He says parlays, and I just – I can't divine <laughs> it. It's parlays. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what Hank. you just said there, honestly. I, I thought I'm just going to roll with it. They're parlays. <laughs> Hank, I say it to ruffle your feathers, okay? <laughs> it's just – it grinds my gears, man. But hey, either way, it was a great weekend for baseball. I was I was super ec- ecstatic. I did awful in my betting, but that's a different different topic. Um, so yeah, do. this weekend, this is kind of breaking news uh, coming from yesterday. Uh, the Marlins team, I believe now it's to fourteen players and coaches slash staff, whatever you want to say, have tested positive for the coronavirus. All of their games will be postponed until Sunday. Um, Guys, I wanted to talk about this first before anything because honestly, it's you know the biggest breaking news right now in sports. Uh, how what what does this mean for baseball the rest of the season? And what are you guys worried at all? I mean, personally, I'm not really worried that it's going to be canceled necessarily, but I'm. It just you know it worries me because man, if they can do it that easily, can other teams test positive that easily, and then can it just turn into a roller coaster? And then who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think it's, it could possibly be the start to the end. I don't think it's going to happen just because of them, but I think if you know more teams start having issues like this, where <laughs> their players and staff and everybody's testing positive, I think it definitely could, could cause some, cause some warning flags throughout MLB. Yeah, I agree with Logan on this one. Um, it's definitely something not great, <laughs> uh, as everyone around the league's been kind of people uh, who recently just canceled their trip or their their uh, trips over there. Uh, Phillies, uh, I believe. I think it's I it uh, Braves. I don't even know. Someone canceled the trip over there. I know someone. It was someone. Someone up northeast was supposed to yeah. go to Miami like later this week, and. They could, but I know they canceled the Yankees games with them. They canceled the Orioles games with them, and like another team. But yeah, that, um, yeah, that's that's what I was I saying. Don't like know for sure. Like with Logan, I agree with him. Like, it might be getting in the end, but I don't think anything is gonna happen yet. But we see this trend happening. Even it doesn't be maybe fourteen people, but if we start seeing kind of clusters forming in different teams, it might have a domino effect. Um, it's definitely not good since people, a bunch of teams, like you said, like two or three teams already canceled games with them and everything. So. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to find out and kind of follow. But so far, I think they're going to keep trucking on with it until something else arises or something else worse happens and more people, they can't play a season anymore. But it'll be interesting to see what happens down the line. Yeah, and along with that, I think there's good and bad news to the situation. I think the bad news starting out is the fact that it was 14 players. It was just a mass number of players on that roster. But if I'm correct – the Marlins were the only team that uh, had players test positive since the start of the season. Is that correct? Um, Mike Moustakis so. from the yeah. Reds tested positive, but it, he's the only one from their team that I've heard of. Okay. So then that would be the good news is the fact that all these other organizations don't have players that are testing positive for the virus. I think if we saw 
a select number of players from several teams test positive, I definitely think Commissioner Manfred would be running to his people to try to get something figured out pretty soon about how we're going to handle this. Yeah, do you do you do you think that because it's the Marlins, it's not being made into a big deal? Like, do you think it'd be the same way if it was the Yankees or uh, the Red Sox, Dodgers, one of those big name teams? I mean, to me, no. But I mean, okay, I'm sorry. To most people, no. But to me, uh, all right, let me rephrase that. To most people, yes. But to me, no. There you go. Uh, I, me, I, I don't think it. I don't think it has to do with that. I just was curious if you thought that maybe it'd be different if it was, you know, one of those iconic MLB franchises. No, I, I think there'd think be so. more of a spotlight on it. I'm not to say like, like Hank Possibly. said to other people, it'd be more obvious, like even like people all over the U S and other countries, but like, Oh, Dodgers or Oh, Yankees, you know? But yeah, since it's the Marlins, I think they're kind of able to sweep it on the rug a little. I mean, if a team's going to be in it, at least, I, I, at least it's kind of the Marlins in a way. I mean, yeah, if, you're right, if it was the Yankees, if it was the Yankees <laughs> or the Red Sox, then it could be dangerous. Uh, but uh, moving on here, so that was our kind of spill in the Marlins breaking news. Hopefully, uh, by Sunday there's a plan, and hopefully no more teams test positive. There's gonna be guys testing positive here, from here on out. It's you know that's pretty undisputable. It's gonna happen. Um, but uh, moving on, it's time for our buy and sell segment, guys. After watching the weekend, we've had our time to watch the Yankees. Um, we've had time to watch the Dodgers. Really, my buy and sell is, do you guys think the Yankees and Dodgers will be the matchup in the World Series this year? Cade, you go ahead. For now, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards sell just because of the performances I watched over the weekend. But – I don't, I don't believe we've seen Clayton Kershaw pitch yet, and Walker Buehler has to throw tonight, I believe. So the Dodgers can still get that rotation figured out, and I'm sure as, as the season progresses, that rotation is just going to get stronger and stronger. As far as the Yankees go, play some tight games over the weekend with the Nationals, got to Max Scherzer a little bit. That lineup is absolutely deadly. I do worry about the pitching rotation a little, a little bit, even though Garrett Cole was phenomenal on opening night. Um, I, I'm going to hold on that one, but I am leaning towards sell just because of what I saw from the Dodgers this weekend. Yeah, I'm probably going to agree with Cade. They'll hold on to that because, I mean, it is early. They both didn't play too well. But, I mean, they are have crazy talent um, on both sides. Um, but – they did have some rough patches. I mean, the first series they just played. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. They're going to keep on to it. But I'm going to hold on to that. And I'm gonna, I think they could still end up in the World Series together. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. Like like Cade said, uh, just kind of giving them time to gel on the pitching staff. And then, um, of course, like the Yankees hitting lineup's just crazy good. Dodgers, I mean, we kind of talked about earlier in the show. I mean, they got Mookie and Bellinger, but we'll see someone else that step up for them. But I'm going to hold on to that for sure as Cade, but kind of lean a little bit more towards Sell. They haven't looked too dominant yet, but we'll see if that changes. Yeah, I think I think the Yankees have one of the best um, one of the best lineups when it comes to to uh, hitting, but like, like they said, I, I'm not sold on their pitching staff. I think they got a really good one, two, you can maybe even throw in their third third pitcher. But outside of that, I think I think honestly they're gonna struggle from that point. But I I, I think the Dodgers uh I think their pitching staff's good enough that they could get there with just them plus the based upon who they play um for the majority of the season. I I think that I, I would I'm gonna sell those that combination, but I, I like I think I still like the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to sell it too, actually. I'm going to agree with Logan in a way. If any team is not going to make it, I think we can all agree it's probably going to be the Dodgers. Uh, Yankees, when I saw them play, at least they had a couple of rain delays, so um, it was a little weird. But, I mean, they their hitting is still there. I mean, those guys hit the ball farther than anybody else in the league. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, so, Yankees, I don't think they'll have a problem at all getting there. It, I think it's the Dodgers. You know, I, biggest thing, like we kind of talked about before we started this, guys, um, like starting tonight, I talked about how Mookie Betts, is how, how good will he actually do going into a whole different ballpark, going in from the AL to the NL. And, you know, things are going to be different. Uh, you know, the ball's not going to fly probably the same way it did in Boston. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, 
Fenway is a little bit of a hitter's park. It's not really a pitcher's park. Now, there's definitely spots in Fenway that is just super weird. Um, but, again, I I don't know how good Mookie – I think he'll still be a stud. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, if, man, if Mookie Betts doesn't have a year um, that people are expecting and Cody Bellinger doesn't have an MVP season again, you know, Max Muncy, Justin Turt, those guys are going to have to step up. So, and I agree with kind of what Logan said. The pitching staff isn't amazing. Uh, it's good enough. It's good. Okay, I can't say it. It is pretty good. It's one of the better ones in the league. But then again, if they don't look up to how they're supposed to be, their standards, it could be a long season for the Dodgers. And, you know, man, the Johnny Cueto pitched really good against the Dodgers. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but he literally, uh, for about five innings, just literally was just dealing. It was a great job by Johnny Cueto. And so, yeah, to me, sure. I look at that and I'm like, I'm sure other pitchers can do that too. Maybe the Dodgers are not as strong as people think they are this year. But still – Plenty of time. Um, so, we'll have to see. I'm selling that for now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still Dodgers-Yankees. You still never know. Baseball is a pretty long sport, but this year, as we know, it's going to be different. Uh, moving on. Logan, can you – I don't know if you have him in front of you, but can you tell us how we all did uh, this week, uh, this weekend in matchups on opening day? Last podcast, we talked a little, little bit on – we did our predictions and stuff, and we just kind of want to see how we did. I think there was a winner, right? Yeah, on opening day – uh, I believe I went 13 and two. Cade, Garrett, and Hank all went 12 and three. Uh, we, I believe, we all missed on the. We all picked the Rays and the Blue Jays won that one six to four. Uh, and then Garrett actually picked the Marlins over the Phillies, so he won that yes, one over the rest of us. Um, Knew it. Hank picked the Rockies to win, and the, uh, the rest of us picked the Rangers, and the Rangers won that one. Um, let's see what else was there. The Cade picked the Diamondbacks to beat the Padres, and the Padres won that one. And Garrett also picked the Angels to beat the Athletics, and they another blown game. Angels did not win that one, Garrett. Yeah, can we can we actually talk about that game for a little bit? Because I believe that was the first. That was well. It was it was the first game. It was the the regular season that went into extra innings. That started with the runner on second base. How did you yeah. guys feel about that? Talk about that real quick. What do you? What are your guys' thoughts on the whole I, second base guy? You know, it's really I. I'm okay with it for this year, but I don't think I'll be okay with it next year. Whenever there's a full season, honestly, I think it's interesting. I understand what they're trying to do, but uh, so I, I get it. They're trying to save arms because there's going to be a lot more games in a quicker fashion. There's going to be double headers probably some days. Because um, you gotta expect some more rain delays, and with the Marlins thing, I mean, there's gonna be more doubleheaders. So uh, I get it. I understand why they're doing it this year. Uh, I just really hope it doesn't stay. Yeah. So first of all, that game, freaking Angels blew him, pissed off in the first place. Shouldn't even gone to extra innings. Freaking Angels pitching every year. But back to the topic. <laughs> Not mad at all. Um, I kind of I see the benefit of it, but if you if you don't score, if you're that top inning team, you're kind of screwed. I mean, a bunt here and then, like, a little dink or even two bunts in a row, like, you're win, you won, you're over, you know? So, I mean, I understand, like Hank mentioned, like, there's, it'll, it will help with pitching um, with all these doubleheaders and the shortened season and all this. But, yeah, I'm not sure how it would work out in the full season. But I, can, I see the pros and cons of it. Yeah, I'm a, like, I don't – really, honestly, if you're in a good spot in your lineup, like, like let's say you, you get luck out and um, you're – the guy who got last out was your uh, leadoff spot, okay? And so he gets he gets that first guy on second base. So you got your two, three, four to get that guy from second base. Yeah, it's first. kind of up to luck, basically. And yeah, you can honestly – honestly, you can – a lot of teams – I mean, man, if I was a manager and I trusted my lineup this way, i just put him over to third base and then hope my three guy and four guy – hopefully three can get a sack fly, but if not, hopefully the three or four guy can just get him in. I think it's pretty simple. Um, so we'll see more strategies as the year goes on, but – Again, I, I prefer it not to stay this year, after this year. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, do, go ahead, Kate. Go ahead, Logan. Okay. Um, I I honestly don't like it. Uh, like I was, I told Cade, um, I think it was on opening day when this was happening, that if they're going to put a person on base, I think it should be first base. Because putting a guy in scoring position, you bunt once and hit a sack fly, like Hank said, and he scores. I think it's just way too easy and so I, I think putting them on first base, you at least, you know, have to try and you know, steal second base or 
ha- have a base like that, hit yeah. or something. Like, yeah, it gives them at least like a, a chance. It gives them a actually... guy on base already, but it doesn't give them like, hey, we you got a guy halfway there. Go ahead and just, just hit him yeah, in. Just, so. Yeah, I like that idea too. Like it gives them a chance to either hit into a double play or they have to steal that base, like you said, or at least have, get two solid hits to bring them in. Yeah. I kind of like that idea a little better, honestly. I, I, I don't know if, if I would prefer even putting a guy on base, but if, I, if you had to choose between putting a guy on first base or second base, I'd definitely go first base. Yeah, when I thought about putting the runner on second base with no outs, I was I was not a big fan of the idea. I just thought there were too many variables with what could happen, uh, especially when it comes to using players in the bullpen and pinch runners, pinch hitters. I just thought there were a ton of variables when it comes to that. I believe – I want to say it was the Royals who walked the first hitter to open up the double yeah. play possibility yeah. and get the force at third, yeah. which I thought that when I thought about that critically, I think that's how a lot of teams are going to play this this year. I think defensively every time you, sh- you should do you that. should do it. Yeah, you should like, I agree. walk that first. Yeah, yeah. I yeah mean, there's, and, there's, really, there's really not a – the only thing you, you have to be careful is that the guy up next is, you know, a big home run hitter or something like that. That's mm-hmm. the only time. But if the lineup's right, which I think most times it would be, just go ahead and walk that guy, you know, put that double play in order. And also you can go, get off the third. I mean, there's a lot of options there that you can do with just having that guy at second. Yeah. And when I heard about the new rule, I was not a fan at all of it. But I'll be honest, on opening night, I could not take my eyes off of the Angels Athletics game. It was just so intriguing, like the different strategies and the way pitchers would pitch to hitters. Like, I honestly, I was locked into that game. I was zoned in and I thought it was pretty unique. Yeah, it was a really good game. We talked about that. We were like, why not the – instead of having the Dodgers and Giants going off opening night, why can't we have the Angels and uh, the Athletics? I think that would have been a great opening night. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, but, nevertheless, it was still a great game. And, yeah, it was it was a, a first look at the new extra innings structure. Uh, so, guys, like I said, we just talked, you know, it was a big weekend for sports. I want to know a couple of your guys' teams that you think actually look legit. And who kind of doesn't? Who kind of lets you down? For me, I'll just go ahead and go first. Um, White Sox looked not not that great. I mean, Lucas Giolito, their ace, who everyone was big on this year, just had a disastrous game, first game. Uh, I think he has a six ERA or something like that. It wasn't good. Um, you know, I think the White Sox were a little overhyped coming into this. I know they have Luis Robert. They have some more good, great hitters in that lineup as well. But, man, I just, I wasn't, I'm not fully convinced that they're actually as good as people think they are. Um, I think they're probably going to lose again tonight. I think they'll be one and four to start the year, which uh, is not the way people thought they'd uh, go. Maybe one and three. I can't remember exactly. Probably one and four. But um, really surprised there. Another team that kind of surprised me, the Tigers, uh, started off two and one. They beat the Reds. Uh, also, Reds, another team from the AL Central who weren't supposed to be that good. They, uh, sorry, were supposed to be very good. They start one and two. Tigers go two and one. Um, it's kind of a weird shock to me. The Marlins, of course, when they won those games, but – doesn't really matter. Um, but what are a couple other teams that you guys have on things more? I mean, the Rockies, I, I could say the Rockies, but I mean, they should be 3 0 right now, but it's whatever. Uh, I'll have to go with, I mentioned the other podcast, the silent, no one ever talks about them at all, but look at them 4 and 1 right now, raised. They're playing real good baseball. I mean, um, yeah, like to stay on top of that division, Baltimore kind of surprising too at 2 and 1. Um, Red Sox, I mean, kind of knew that they weren't looking too good, but they're still kind of a surprise to see them down there. Didn't they lose the Orioles? Oh, yeah, yeah, you would expect them to yeah, be the yeah, Orioles. Yeah, they lost the that's what, Yeah, that's why I said that's kind of the thing that surprised me the opening weekend. Besides, I mean, not to pat my own back, but, yeah, the Rays, number one up there, four and one, having a great year so far. Again, five games in, that's going to happen. Um, another one that kind of surprised me, I guess, is – uh, let me see. Yeah, the Dodgers, like we kind of mentioned, like I kind of thought they were going to go 4 0, not to lie, but they was a little shaky coming out. But again, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, they got time to figure it out. So it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do. But yeah, those are mine. I say the Oreo, Oreos, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Oreos. Very hungry. I know, man. Yeah. The Orioles and Red Sox series was crazy to watch. You know, like again, we talked about the thing in the other podcast. You think Red Sox, Orioles, oh, Red Sox. Uh, Rays, again, I mentioned, yeah, is doing great. So those are my surprises and uh, winners for this opening weekend. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to say, for me, I'm going to agree with Garrett on the Red Sox. I thought they would have a decent year this year. I knew they weren't going to be quite as good as they were the year before, but I thought they'd be better than 
losing the series to the Orioles. Um, and the Orioles have one of the worst lineups, like, ever yeah, almost. And they, <laughs> it is not good. And they, they didn't even pitch their best pitcher against uh, – Oh, yeah, John Means was out. Them. Yeah. So, they, they pitched, like, two, three, four, I think is what it was, and won two of the games. I Boston's struggling to hit the ball right now. And their pitching staff is, like, one guy deep, maybe two. So, yeah, I'm not big on Boston anymore. Um, one that really, really surprised me, Washington Nationals are one and four right now. Yeah. I know they had a series yeah, with the Yankees, but I, I, I just – I expected them to at least get two against them, I thought. But And then who'd they play today that they lost to? Um, the Mets. The Mets. Maybe, no. No, no Blue know, Jays, sure. right? Blue, Blue Jays. Yeah, it was Blue Jays. They lost to the Blue Jays today, I think. So, uh, yeah, I don't – Mets are playing Atlanta, I think. Is it Atlanta? Mets are, I think, playing Atlanta. Okay. So, whoever they played today, they, they lost today. And so, I just – I don't know. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Um, and then, I think the one team that I really like that I didn't have a huge eye on opening up is the Padres. I watched a couple games of theirs against the Diamondbacks, and they looked really, really good. Um, they're hitting yeah. the ball pretty well. Got good pitching. I, I think. I, I mean, they, they're in a tough division for a shortened season, but I, I think. I think I really like them right now. Yeah, the Padres. I mean, those. That's a team where everyone thought this is their, kind of their sleeper team, a team that's going to be lower, but have a pretty good chance to go uh, to the playoffs this year. And now with the extended playoffs, I think that even makes it a better chance for the Padres. Yeah. They're a good team. Their pitching staff is great. I mean, Chris Paddock, you can just say, probably one of the better younger pitchers in the game right now. Yeah. Um, and don't get me started. I mean, they got a great, great lineup. So, hitting lineup. So, uh, I mean, Padres are definitely a team. Um, I think they play the Rockies uh, this weekend. So, I'm kind of excited to see how the Rockies do against the Padres. The Rockies can win that series. That can be big for the NLS. But um, – yeah, I uh, those are a couple. So the Padres, I agree with those one, that one, Logan. I think I wasn't big on them either. I know a lot of people were, but they kind of surprised me this week. Yeah, and guys, I'll be honest. I'm looking at this Minnesota Twins roster. They are studs, man. Dude, they are stacked. One through nine, this team is stacked. I know. Yeah, they're they're how, scary. <laughs> how much we talk about the Yankees lineup and the Dodgers lineup? This Minnesota Twins lineup, you're hitting Josh Donaldson at number two and Miguel Sano at eight in the lineup. This lineup is just absolutely it's a spoil loaded. of riches. It's yeah, it is just ridiculous. And uh, honestly, their pitching staff isn't terrible either. And they have one of the great closers in the game, uh, Rogers, who I'm a big fan of. But yeah, I thought the Twins looked really impressive to start the year. Um, a, a team I'm a little disappointed with. I'd have to say the Dodgers, like some of y'all said. Um, starting off two and two against the Giants uh, in the shortened season, uh, I I had the Dodgers sweeping that series. I I would probably think that most of us had that, but they just looked a little lethargic, just kind of slow. Mookie Betts not, you know, running out first base and in ninth inning of a game when you're down by one run. Just just some you know weird things happened in that series, and um, they just didn't look very interested in my opinion. But yeah, th- those are two teams that, to me, are kind of have been a little surprising so far. Yeah, I would love to see the Dodgers kind of not too good. I, I mean, honestly, I think oh, I, no, inside, I, I would just love to see the Dodgers <laughs> just really struggle this year. I mean, uh, they, you know, Dodgers are a team that we see every year, and I think it'd be kind of nice to finally see a weakness in them. And I, I mean, if they continue to play like this, we'll see. I mean, they play again tonight. Um, not, I think yeah, they play Houston tonight. The series, uh, yeah, they're the playing Astros. right now. So that could be the Astros uh, are up one nothing right now. Yeah, that could be pretty interesting if Dodgers get off to a bad start and they lose that series against the Astros. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I like the Dodgers. I like the White Sox too. Those two teams are definitely the letdown so far. I think this year. Um, it's more, more baseball talk. Uh, let's talk about this just for a little bit. Um, the NL Central. Who will take the NL Central, guys? Uh, you got the Cubs. You got the Cardinals. You got the Brewers. You got the Pirates, and you have the the Reds. Think? The Reds, there we go. Thank you, Cade. Um, man, I, I hate to just pump Cade up here, but, I mean, honestly, I think out of all those teams, the Cardinals look the most fitting. The Reds, you know, might have been one of those picks for me that I've been like, yeah, for sure, they look good this year. They started slow. Uh, Brewers as well, a team that I think people knew they weren't going to be as good, but they are definitely living up to that. They are not as good as they were a few years ago. Um, so I'm kind of worried about those two teams. And really, 
if you think about it, the Cardinals just got to get past the Cubs. And if they do, they're probably going to win NL Central. And it, to me, I mean, the Cardinals from top to bottom, their lineup's pretty decent. I mean, it's not the best, don't get me wrong, but it's pretty solid. There's some guys in there who can hit the ball pretty well. Um, I think the pitching staff, you know, Flaherty obviously is one of the better pitchers in the game. And I, I mean, if you look at that from top to bottom, pitchers, hitters, relief, close, it's, it's, it's a good squad. I'm gonna, go ahead, Cade. I'm gonna let Cade. I'm gonna let Cade go. Yeah, let's let, let's let Cade start this one off. <laughs> yeah, Hank, in in the last last podcast, I believe you made a comment or a statement about a specific player potentially being washed up. Is this is this true or false? <laughs> uh, that's very true, and I, I stand by. I stand by my word. You stand by your word that arguably the greatest defensive catcher and one of the best hitting catchers in Major League history is washed up. I told – I said that in a fantasy standpoint from hitting, he is not a catcher I want on my team and that he's washed up when it comes to hitting. Defensively, Cade, I think he is one of the better defensive catchers in the game right now. I think he's solid. And watching him this weekend, just, you know, put the exclamation point. Defensively, he is one of the better catchers in the game. Now, I have never – I, I mean, he, he's got to, okay, start. But hitting-wise, he's not the kind of, kind of catcher I want on my team, if that makes sense. And now if it's a big 10-team league, yeah, I'd have him maybe if I needed a catcher. Pick, like, just kind of like out of curiosity. I'm not putting on a spot. Like, what, what catcher or two catchers would you pick over him? JT Ramuto, uh, Ramos. I'd have Gary Sanchez probably. Um, or explain the Gary Sanchez for the hitting aspect for sure. Yeah. I mean, Gary Sanchez, I mean, yeah, he, I was he, just hits, he just hits to save his life. Yeah, I mean, and this is just fantasy-wise. This is not – uh, yeah. real life. In real life, I'd probably rather have Yadi Molina over Gary Sanchez, probably over JT Muto or McCann even. I mean, there's a lot of guys. The, catcher, the catching position so far uh, past few years has been super weak. Uh, I mean, Buster Posey, obviously, is one of the – he's probably been the best this decade. I think Buster Posey's first year, Molina second um, from 2010 to 2020. But, uh, you know, catching besides those two guys, there really hasn't been a ton of guys who have really been crazy. I mean, you can argue McCann's been – Decent. Uh, Ramos has had a couple of good years from Ramuto as well, but um, you know, Cade, I get it. I can. I'll let you. You know, just say what you want to say. I get it. But you know, I think I stand my word from a fantasy standpoint and a hitting standpoint. He's not the greatest catcher. I don't think he is. Yeah, and I understand that. Um, I just look at the numbers. No one wants to steal on Yachty. In fact, he just had a game against the Pirates where. I believe in the first inning, he had a pickoff at first base. And then the next inning, he had a caught stealing. And no, no one wants to run on this guy. I think I think he's one of the – he might be the greatest defensive catcher ever. I believe he has eight straight gold gloves. But um, getting back so is that, to – Is that your team? Trinos, yeah. Trinos is another catcher. Trinos is another catcher I like, I think, defensively as well. I saw him play, uh, I think, for the Rangers. And he – that guy's got a cannon too. I'll tell you what. But yeah, no, but, yeah, Yachty, Yachty overall, Kate. I, I I understand why you love. Him. I mean, man, if he was on the Rockies and I grew up having him be my catcher, I'd probably love that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back to the NL Central and kind of back on the Cardinals opening night. Jack Flaherty threw the opening game and looked phenomenal. Had it not been for a few infield hits in that seventh inning, he probably would have gotten out of there clean. Um, the Cardinals look good. I'm worried about the lineup. It 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 is pretty good top to bottom, but it is very streaky. Um, the the Cubs are going a little bit under the radar right now. I think they have a legit chance to win that division as well. But honestly, I think a lot of that division is going to depend on the bottom half of that Cardinals pitching rotation. Because for years we've talked about how great Cardinals pitching has been. They bring up guys from the minors every year that just seem to fit in there. Um, but Carlos Martinez is back in the back of that rotation. Uh, they moved Michaelis into the back of the rotation, who had a good past couple of years. Um, but I think he actually went on the injured list, so they have uh, daily own in the rotation. But Cardinals pitching has never been a question, but I think this year more than ever, it kind of is. And they have an aging, you know, potentially in his last year, Adam Wainwright. So I think – the Cardinals pitching will determine what happens in that division. Okay, to hear this. This is my Cardinals projection. The Cardinals this year, they will be as good as Dakota Hudson will be. If Dakota, I agree Hudson, that if Dakota Hudson's have if Dakota Hudson has a great year, 
So will the Cardinals, I think. I he's that, with probably that three or four. He's probably that three or four guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Wainwright, you got Flaherty, and if you can get a Dakota Hudson to figure it out, I mean, he didn't have a great start. This, I mean, I think that first game he didn't, he did not start well. Um, yeah. If he can figure that out, I think he was a good pitcher last year. I mean, he was three point. He was in the three ERAs. I don't know exactly what it was, but I know he wasn't over four. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's good. So if he can stick around there, uh, I mean, man, the Cardinals pitching rotation could be pretty good. If you really all you need is three really solid guys, and you can mm-hmm. go pretty far with that. Yeah, I agree, Garrett or Logan. Yeah, I, uh, I I think when I if you would ask me this question um, about the NL Central uh, a week ago before the, the season had started, I probably would have said Milwaukee. Uh, but after watching watching them play and Christian Yelich starting out one for eighteen with his only hit being a, a home run, I, I've kind of I've kind of lost lost faith in them, and I think I I probably switch over a little bit towards the Cardinals in that division. Like Cade said, the uh, Cubs are a little bit under the radar right now. Um, Hendricks had a great opening day. Uh, I think he's I think he's an underrated pitcher, but yeah, I think the Cardinals, if they, if they can get their bats going a little bit and find that third guy in the rotation, like Hank was talking about, I definitely think that they're they're the team to beat in that division. I'm rolling the Cubs. I'm rolling the underrated team you guys have mentioned. Uh, I think the Cardinals are definitely probably the next best. <clears throat> like you guys mentioned, you guys mentioned all the good things coming from them. But, I mean, Cubs, I mean, they started out 4-1 and one so far. They're looking pretty good, looking pretty – like you guys mentioned, Hendricks had a great uh, game. Their hitting's looking pretty solid. Um, but I do see the Cardinals being contenders as well, like you guys mentioned. If they can get their pitching as solid as they can be, and that hitting lineup, like Kate said, is kind of a little streaky. I think if that's uh, kind of honed in to at least average or even above average, I think they could definitely be number one. But since you guys all hit the Cardinals or whatever, I'm going to disagree and go with the Cubs here. I'm going to be a under-the-radar guy. You didn't hear too much about them on opening weekend, but here they are, 4-1, and one, looking pretty solid. So right now, I'm, I'm going to roll the Cubs for the NL Central. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking we can all agree that, it, especially the expanded playoffs, I think we can definitely expect the Cardinals and uh, the Cubs this year. I mean, I think the Brewers – don't as of, so far. I know it's only been like a weekend and a weekend and a couple games, about five games or so. I, I think the Brewers right now don't look like they haven't figured out. They now they could, and same thing with the Reds. But those two teams so far. Didn't, I mean, Pirates never really in it anyway. But those uh, those two teams for sure, the Reds and the um, Brewers. I think it, it's almost safe to say if they don't figure it out here by the end of this week, uh, they could run run into some trouble because I think the Cardinals and the Cubs can run away with that. Um. So let's move on uh, from baseball. Actually, real quick, Justin Verlander, elbow is hurt. He might be out for two weeks. At, at first, everyone said it was for the year. He tweeted and said, no, guys, it's not. It's just a strain. Hopefully, he'll be back in about two or three weeks. Uh, will this hurt the Astro season at all? Um, every, as I say, I don't think so. But, I mean, every time you lose Ver, a guy like Verlander, even though he's a little bit older, I mean, he's going to hurt. You know, it's, you're getting a pretty good pitcher off your rotation, but – like Logan said, I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. Unfortunately, being an Angels fan, they still got a solid team. They're going to pull through for it, especially if it's only two or three weeks. If it's a full year, it might have some kind of impact, but I don't think they'll be, they'll, they won't be hurting too bad, I think, while he's gone for the next few weeks, if that's the true case. Had the initial report been true where he was going to be out for the season, I would say yes. But yeah, if he's exactly. only out, If he's only out for two weeks, I think they can, they can limp through those two weeks without him. I mean, that's what, two starts maybe? maybe three, if you, if, you know, depending on um, how the rotation works out there. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to hurt him too bad. Yeah, it's it's always a massive loss when he loses a Cy Young pitcher like Justin Verlander. I, I'm hoping that this is minimal. I, I'm confused as to all these different reports I'm hearing, some saying he was done for the year, some saying he's just out a couple of weeks or so. But – with a shortened season, I think, I think potentially losing those few games that Berlander would that be pitching true, in, yeah. that that like that could like games right now are, definitely yeah, hurt. there were three times what they were in a regular season, so yeah. it's just it, it's a little scary to think about Berlander being out. Um, but for the Astros, I think they're going to be okay with that lineup they've got. Yeah, I, I mean, how good they are hitting, it's hard to it's any pitcher can go in there and have a pretty good chance to succeed. Um, moving on here, guys, let's go from baseball. We're going to shift to football over the weekend. Jamal Adams trade to the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks 
gave him – I forgot who they gave him, but I know they gave him two first-round picks. I think also a third or fourth-round pick, if someone can confirm that. I thought it was me. a second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wanted to verify. I knew there was, like, two first rounds, I thought. Yeah, I, so I for sure. it, was, it was Jamal Adams and uh, a fourth-round pick for – I don't remember the player's name that they sent Br- over. Bradley McDougal. Okay, yeah, McDougal. Um, they sent McDougal – Two first round picks, one this year, one next year, and I believe it was a it was a fourth round pick. I think it was this year, but it was a fourth round pick for or a third round pick for sure. Yeah, you guys um, won that yeah. one. I mean, I Jamal Adams. I mean, great, obviously, really good. Oh yeah, for sure. But Crazy talent. Uh, to me, I, I feel like I feel like each team did what's right for what's best for them at the moment that they are in. I think Jets definitely need to sell a little bit and get some more studs. I think Le'Veon Bell will probably be out after this year, so they'll probably sell him and he'll get, get, um, get some cap room for the Jets. So I like what the Jets are doing. Seahawks, I think they're adding a great piece to their defense. So to me, it, it's tough to pick. I, I think that if I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards the Jets, but I think both teams did was pretty good for them right now. I'm going to disagree with you there, Hank. I mean, I do wow. agree that you'd like – you know, just hear me out. I agree that they they definitely made the best choice for each other. Like you said, they like whatever situation they're in, I think that they both made the best decision. Seahawks are in win now mode, uh, but this trade, I feel like they're definitely a top three team. I mean, if they want to say anything else, but I think they're definitely a top three team in the league now. Uh, Jets got, like you said, they got a younger team around them. They can build some studs around that. My only thing though is it's the Jets. They have the worst draft picks I've ever seen in my life. They're gonna waste those draft picks. The Seahawks might win a Super Bowl out of the trade. You never know. And I think the Seahawks won this trade, honestly. They got a hell of a player in Jamal Adams. They're going to have uh, – how long they got him? Is there a year on that yet? Or I, I, I didn't two, see that. Two right things. now. And I think they got – I think they'll have to sign him to an extension. Yeah, but, I mean, two years of him at his prime output. We, this might not even be as good he is either. But I think the Seahawks won this. They got one of the better safeties, if not one of the best safeties in the league. And the Jets got maybe good players, and they have not had a solid draft pick in a long time. I think they're yeah, going to be again. I, I, I don't having two having a first rounder next year and another one the year after that. I don't know. They they, they should do good, but every if, year and they haven't done too much with them. <laughs> I mean that's true, but I mean, this gives them a good opportunity too. So I mean we'll see how they like I said how they how the Jets decide to uh, use this. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit too early to say just be just for me because. I think you got to see who who the Jets draft with those two picks, especially those first round picks. Uh, like like Garrett said, they're one of the worst drafting teams. I wouldn't say they're the worst because they're still the Raiders that are usually pretty bad at drafting. You think but, you got jokes over there? Hey, dude, it's the truth. Hey, we had a hey, uh, no, that's another podcast. I'm not. Y- y'all draft y'all drafted a third round cornerback in the first round this year, so let's just hey, leave that. That fitted but, our defense, bro. We're gonna lose them. You know what? You gotta be a GM. Yeah. All right, next day. Uh, anyways, we'll anyways, anyways. We'll do the NFL drafting teams. <laughs> all right, but no, they. Uh, I, I think I think it depends on who they get for them. If they waste their picks on somebody who they think's gonna be great, but isn't, then I would say that Seattle won this, especially if they can sign them to an extension. If they don't sign them to an extension, I think they gave up a lot for two years, and. With with the Jets, I don't I don't know that it's going to make them much better. I'm not a fan of Sam Dar- Sam Darnold at all. Um, I I don't think he's who they need for the Jets. So my my suggestion would be that they go and get a better quarterback. But I don't think that's what they'll do. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to agree with Logan when it comes to trades in professional sports. I've always had the mindset that the team that gets the best player always wins the trade. At least in the short term, that's the case. And so I'm going to say the Seahawks won this trade. Um, Jamal Adams, shout out to Huberman High School in Carrollton, Texas. But, um, yeah, he, he's one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best safety in the league. And there's just – to me, there's just too many variables when it comes to draft picks because no one knows what these players are going to turn out to be and if they actually use these picks. Like, these picks may go into trading for a different player or something else. But I'm going to have to say the Seahawks won this trade. They're in win mode right now. They have arguably, you know, the second-best quarterback in the NFL right now. And they're ready to win now. So, I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this one. Definitely. I mean, if you have Russell Westbrook – I'm sorry, Russell Wilson, uh, you're going to put yourself (laughs) in third guy. (laughs) Sorry about that. 
you're going to put yourself in a chance to win if you got um, Russell Wilson uh, as your quarterback. Uh, let's stay for the NFL just a second, guys. I kind of just thought of this. This is kind of a thing that I've been thinking about after I've been doing some reading, and I've kind of been like, hmm. I don't think it's. I don't think. I don't think they're going to do it. But do you guys think with everything going on, should the NFL do the bubble like the way the NBA is doing in the NHL? No, I. I don't think. I think that's. You've got too many players. You know, you've got the practice squad guys, and then they're going in practice against the guys who are actually playing on Sundays. I just think that's way too many people to try to accommodate into a bubble. Um, but I will say the, the NFL is doing a buyout for players who don't want to risk it and just want to sit the year out. I think it was $500,000 um, to a lot sit of out. Sat out a, already too. A it's lot of growing. Patriots are sitting out right now, and it makes me wonder: Have they already <laughs> like, started their campaign for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence season? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking right there. I mean, there's there's some good amount of other players too, but yeah, like I feel like seventy percent of the players sitting out so far are Patriots. They they I think they're up to six starters right <laughs> yeah. now that are sitting out. Most of them defensive. Wow. Yeah, so back to the bubble thing, though. Like Logan said, I like—I mean, I like the idea because NBA bubbles worked out very well. Um, like they said, they after however many like weeks they've done it, they kind of had like a focus group, basically, so they tested literally everybody and no cases arose out of it. So I like the idea of it. It keeps everyone safe. It keeps us having sports. Like Logan said, there's just way more people for football. So, I mean, you have to have a lot more resources, a bigger facility. Um, players going to be interacting with other players and going to practice teams like that. So, I mean, I like the idea of it, and it's worked well for the NBA and NHL, you know, so far. But I think for the NFL, just it's going to be a little bit too big and a little bit uh, – That's yeah, it's just, I think it's just not feasible right now for the NFL. I mean, it could prove me wrong. They might end up doing something that works out. But like I said, just the size of it, I'm going to have to go with a no for now. But I like the idea. Yeah, I, I believe it would be – almost borderline impossible to have a bubble for the NFL just with all the players coaching the staff just there's just too many people to try to do that with um but you know in all honesty anything we can do to have football this fall I I don't care about the fans at this point I I just want football in the fall and I just want to be able to watch football, enjoy my weekends, have a good time, you know, with my friends and, you know, have some entertainment. I Everything's just been so unsure with every sport. Better be about six friends, brother. <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, <laughs> Better but, be invited, yeah. Kate. Thank you, Will be. Good, Gary, good. you will be too. Sorry, Logan. Not me, thanks. Yeah, yeah sorry about that, Logan. We'll, we'll send you yeah. Snapchats of the fun we're having on Saturday. <laughs> right, sounds good. Sounds good, yeah. But – yeah, I, I think the NFL needs to go to go through every measure possible to have the football season um, and make sure everyone is safe in doing that as well. Yeah, uh, I, could, I, my, my, my opinion, honestly, is I don't think that there – I would say that it's 100% likely that we have um, football this, this year. I, I, I believe that we'll have college football too. Uh, I, I think we will too. Most most of us are here. Yeah, it's looking, we're, we're it's all, looking that way. We're we're all be, like from Kansas, and the Kansas high school thing just came, their uh, sports association or whatever just came out and said that they're good to go, start practicing, and they're going to go on with their season just as normal. So I think if high school is going to do it, I don't think there's any chance that that we're not having college football at least to start the season. Yeah, yeah. like like Kate said, I think we I think the kind of mixing your guys' statements, like Kate said. I think they're going to go at one point where they're like, all right, we tried the fan thing. We tried to make it work as long as possible. It's not going to be feasible. We're going to at least have football. Like Logan said, I think if everyone else is doing it, especially high school, like, I think we're going to have football. I, I mean, I might put all my eggs in one basket. I'm just like 80 or 90% sure, but it's looking pretty good. Um, fans are still in the equation, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But like Kate said, I hope we just at least have some football in the fall in some form fashion. Definitely. I couldn't agree more with you guys. Uh, Speaking of bubbles, NBA starts on Thursday. Guys, Sion Williamson is going back to practice, I believe, tomorrow. I think it's going to be I think he came back today. Yeah, it was, was it today? I think they had, oh, I think okay. they had night practice tonight. And he was they had a shoot around and, yeah, like a little scrimmage thing. Well, cool. So, Zion Williamson is back. Um, that's great. That's great for the game. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm excited for NBA. I don't, you know, as you guys know, 
not a huge NBA guy, just kind of like you guys, but we still like to watch sports. I mean, we're, like I said, we have our own sports podcast. Obviously, we're going to watch anything we can get. Um, but I'm excited for NBA mainly because is I love playing NBA on DraftKings. I love betting on NBA. It's, the, it's definitely, without a doubt, the most fun. And I think you guys would agree with me. So I think having this and having this new kind of – I watched a scrimmage game the other day. I couldn't remember who was playing. Um, but I, it, was, it was really weird. But I think it's, it could definitely work. I think the bubble thing will definitely work. Um, so I, I, I'm totally I'm, – I'm pretty excited. I'm, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of – like Hank said, not, not a huge NBA guy. Um, I think that I think it's gonna be good to have it back. Have the have fans watching it. I think it's good good for everybody. Um, I think that there's so, some some teams that are going to struggle this with this new way it's going because certain players are sitting out and whatnot. But the Lou Williams going to a strip club, get some some buffalo wings. Some yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe. So awesome. I don't know if I believe his story going to a strip club just to get wings. Guys, those but. buffalo wings are good. I'm telling you. Oh, that's, that's, what, man. that's hey, one of Johnny hey, Man's best in the world. Hey, he's got his own. He's got his. They've, they've got him named after him, honestly. In that in that strip club, they said that they've got actual. You can order Lou Williams wings. That's what he said he was going to get his own wings. So he's a frequent visitor, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, I like I'm, that. I'm, I'm, oh, sorry, Katie, you got it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty excited about the NBA coming back. I. I personally think that these teams are going to come back sharp. I think having a little bit of time off, letting the bodies heal a little bit. That that 82 game schedule is a grind in the NBA. And especially for the older players like LeBron, like I think these guys are going to come out sharp. I think yeah, shooting percentage they look pretty sharp already. Yeah, sure. shooting shooting percentages I think are going to be way up, and I think just the intensity level of the game is going to be higher than a normal regular season because there's that sense of urgency as well with the game. But yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to see what happens, and I think the players will be more focused, considering that they are in this bubble now. So, so I'm really intrigued to see how it starts. Yeah, Kate, you kind of hit everything I was going to say. Like you said, man, like everything's going to be relaxed. I'm not relaxed. I mean, like the players are going to be more rested up. They've probably been. I mean, they're millionaires. They probably got their own basketball courts or three of them, and their own weight rooms. They've probably been training in anyway during quarantine. And like you said, I mean, people were hungry coming into the season anyway. And like it was any man's race coming in the before everything got canceled. I think now that everyone has a fair shot again, like everyone's kind of rested up. I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they come about it. It will be different. I think some teams definitely feed more off fans and energy and noise and all that. So it'll be different that way. But like you said, I think people are more focused. There's not many distractions uh, in that bubble. Again, unless you'll get some wings, but who knows. But <laughs> – I think, uh, yeah. As I say, I just think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I like it. I'm probably one of the bigger NBA fans in the group here, but I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't really have a favorite yet. It's gonna take a, about a week of games coming up here over this coming weekend. But it starts on Thursday. Kind of get some a few games in each each team's belt to kind of see who's who came to play and who still needs to figure some stuff out. But I'm excited for it to start up this Thursday. Yeah, definitely. I've, so I've heard, I've heard a lot of buzz. I've heard a lot of buzz. Um, around ball ball lately since since this whole uh thing ball happened. Ball, yeah like, been insane, i guess he i guess he's tearing it up right now um yeah, he's been, and they're scrimmage they're games like a, and, they're playing like a center rotation for the nuggets like their shortest guys like six eight or six nine yeah I'm, I'm really interested to see how that works i don't think they play till like the second or third day of of their restart but i'm really intrigued to see you know because his, his dad was in the nba and had, had a good career and I'm really interested. Mobile played at a uh, Bishop Miege, I think, for about yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. he, he was at Miege, and I think he went maybe to IMG, and then uh, was at Oregon. And yeah, so, they broke his foot or something. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I was he playing Again, that's before? Another thing, like, yeah, was he was he playing before the coronavirus stopped I everything? So. I was gonna say I think he was still recovering from an injury. Exactly. So I think exactly he might be, this might be his yeah. first. This might be his first actual game time. So. Yeah, people have been injured like before the season or half of the season. Now they have another reborn chance here. I mean, the company yeah. like Bobo has been tearing it up. Uh, you got again, they got the, the veterans like Davis and LeBron and Paul George and all those guys like already looking back in midseason form. So yeah, again, man, I'm really excited to see how it's gonna turn out. So obviously, this whole year is just a change. 
So it's going to be crazy watching it, no fans and shoes squeaking all the time. But I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. Guys, to end our podcast here tonight, uh, we want to do this new thing. We're going to do the best bet for the week. So I want you guys to give me something that you guys, obviously, with prediction for the week or something that you think will happen. Um, I want to hear about it. I want to know. Uh, I'll go ahead and just give you guys mine. It, it can be a stretch. It can be kind of a hard take, or it can be just kind of whatever you're feeling. My uh, my biggest one is that the Dodgers um, will will be 500 at the end of the week or less. I don't think they'll have a winning record by the end of the week, which is a very tough. But like I said, I, the pitching wasn't great. Uh, the guy, the lineup has to figure itself out. I mean, it could figure it out tomorrow, and then I could be totally screwed. Um, but that's going to be my kind of big take for the week. My uh, my bet for the week that the Dodgers either go 500 or below. Um, let's say by Sunday. I'm going to have to do mine. I'm going to go for the NBA version over here. Um, take a look at some of these games. I mean, we got some pretty good matchups. On a Thursday, they're starting out the, J- the Jazz and Pelicans and the Clippers-Lakers. Um, I know the Clippers are favored. It's not too big of a leap for me, but um, for me, man, I'm going to have to go Lakers by 10 or more against the Clippers starting out Thursday. I know Clippers are good, Lakers are good, and it's – this should be tight either way, but I think the Lakers are coming out a little bit more ready, a little bit more hungry, and I think they're going to get a 10-point win uh, opening night against the Clippers coming up. Yeah, for, for my best bet of the week, I'm going to go into baseball, and I'm going to say Jack Flaherty will get a victory against the Brewers on Friday night. I think he will go six or more innings and give up two runs or less, and I think – he will get his second win of the year off of a great start on opening night. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit off of the sports we usually talk talk about, and I'm gonna go into a sport that I really enjoy betting on, and Kate does as well. I know uh, some golf. Um, I'm, gonna go out, I'm gonna go out and say that uh, Bryson DeChambeau wins this tournament this weekend. Uh, he's had a really really bad week last time he was out, a uh, weekend when he was out last, and kind of struggled, but he's been really hot lately. And I think he's going to have a big bounce back this week. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are our uh, bets for the week. Don't forget to guys to check inside the dome, big 12 fanatics edition uh, on Apple podcasts as well. This has been inside the dome. As always, Logan Scott, Kate, Bobby, Garrett, Cannon. We will see you guys next time.